Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max coming to you live from the seaport brought to you by Grey Goose. So, one thing, when you think about this logically, guys, one thing you can say about every game two ever played in any sport, in any series, is that's the pivotal game. And the reason you can say that is because someone had to win game one, right? So either someone's going up in the series 2-0 and is overwhelmingly likely to win the series, usually a team up 2-0 will win, or it's 1-1 and it's like a 50-50 proposition. Think about that. Every game two ever played, you can say that about. So even if you think, well... The Nuggets are supposed to defend home court, right? Lakers could get a win on the road and, you know, later on in the series if they defend home court. But still, Game 2 seems to be pivotal here. Is it a must-win for the Lakers tonight? Game no. 2 tonight no, on the road. No, it's not a must-win at all. If, if they can steal tonight, then great. Remember, they're undefeated at home. They go back home 2-0. They can't afford to give Denver a win at Staples Center. I know y'all call it Crypto Arena. I still call it Staples Center. Uh, But they cannot afford to let them steal one in L.A. They've got a whole serve and even a match at 2-2. And then if they go back to Denver, and that's fine. But if you go back to Denver and you down 3-1, you're probably going to lose and it's probably going to be over with. So, look, I, I, I know the Lakers have not lost a game at home yet in the playoffs. And that's commendable. But I think it would send a really big sign to Denver if you got one in Denver. Yes, absolutely. I, 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 so uh, the, the word must, when we phrase these questions this way, like is, is it a necessity for them to win the series? No, but it puts them in a great position to win this series. Because what you do to Denver, who's had one of the best home records in the league, is you say, hey, look. We, we beat you at your style of play in your own home. Now you're coming here with us. It's different. Um, and like I said, there is championship pedigree on the Lakers' side that has not – it's not on Denver's side. So there is something about this moment when the moment gets really, really big. They like, we've been here before. We understand what it takes. And by the way, we got one on the road, and now we're going back home, a place that we've been undefeated. It just it, – it's, it changes the tone and the energy of the series. Let me throw a few stats at you guys, okay? Here's the worrying stat, and here is the stat that gives you hope. Because I agree with you guys. The Lakers need to – they're the road team. They're the the lower seed. They're going to have to win a road game. I don't think it needs to be in the first two games to win the series. I think you win the road game later on. However, 7% of teams that go down 0-2 in the NBA playoffs come back to win the series. 7% out of every 100 teams, 93 win the series that go up – Think about that. They go up 2-0, and, and only 7% have come back. So it's, well, Max, you know what's crazy about that? Uh, and that, that's a staggering stat. Yeah, staggering. I but was if, shocked. If you just think about Denver, though, what just happened with Denver and Phoenix? Yeah. Like, they went to Phoenix, you know, up 2-0, and then Phoenix won two in a row. Well, here's, here's, here's a stat to give you. And I, so I agree with your guys' premise. Wait a minute. You have to look specifically at the, at the circumstances. First of all, the Lakers have have beaten Denver in the playoffs. Yeah, in the bubble, whatever. Look at the thing is, you know, here's Miami and here's the Lakers again. There's no bubble, right? But in the bubble, they did. They beat them. So they have that. But listen to these other stats. The Lakers won all four games following a loss this postseason by double digits. 
The only team to win by 10-plus following a loss five straight times in a single postseason are the 2013 Heat. They did it six times, and the 2022 Warriors did it five. They both won the title that, the titles that year, right? So L.A. enters game two with a plus 25-point-per-game differential following a loss in the postseason. That's on pace to be the second-highest single all-time. So, so there's two different issues here. One, if they lose game two, can they get – Another game on the road down the line in the series, we all believe the answer is yes. And obviously they have to defend home court where they're undefeated. But the other thing is, the way they've played this postseason, there's real reason to think they can win game two. Particularly what they found in the second half, Jay, when, when as you guys pointed out, even before the series, LeBron switches on to a smaller guard and bully balls his way into the paint. And Jamal scores. Murray. In this case, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Yeah, he hunts it. I, I mean, look... This is going to be a game tonight. I'm super stoked for it. There are a series of adjustments that I think are going to be made. I don't, I don't think you're going to see Jamal Murray guarding the likes of Austin Reeves or D'Lo. I think you're going to see him more on Dennis Schroeder when he's in the game. I don't think you're going to switch on ball screens. I think they're going to hedge more and get back because that's a matchup that LeBron James and team really hunted. Vice versa for the Lakers. I, I, I think you're going to see more doses of Rui starting out on Jokic. Um, you're going to have LeBron take stints at Jokic. You're going to see more of that free safety coverage by Anthony Davis. And I know Draymond Green was talking about it on his podcast about seeing more of Vanderbilt guarding the likes of Jamal Murray because the one thing that's really hard to stop with Denver is all that DHO action, which is dribble handoff action, right? It's a lot when you have a mountain masquerading as a man in Jokic, and he's doing these – it's like a ball screen, right? But they're rubbing off him, and it puts the big guarding him in a really precarious situation. Because now when I hand it off, if you're chasing, I could just put my butt into Vando, bump him off, and now we're in a two-on-one situation. So they're going to see a lot of that type of action. But I think how Darvin Ham adjusts to that will determine whether they win the game tonight. Don't you start off like you finished, though, Jay, defensively? You start the game that way? So Yeah, not with the three-guard lineup, with the bigger lineup key? Yeah, so you yes. wear him down, basically, and you don't let them get off to a fast start. Because if he gets off to a fast start, meaning Jokic, they're going to get off to a fast start. And so you want to slow him down to slow them down. And then maybe potentially you get him in foul trouble early. Um, you know, you frustrate him early because he's not getting the easy tip backs, the rebounds. He's just not getting the easy stuff as he did in game one. Wouldn't you say that, Jay? I mean, I would love for AD to attack him right away, Key. I think even attacking him off the dribble, you know, there's a tendency with Jokic and how he plays ball screens because he kind of – he doesn't really show out hard. You know, do you guys know what I mean by show? Like a show is like when a big guards a ball screen and they, they jump all the way out and they force the guard to go more towards mm-hmm. half court, right? He kind of sags off it. He gives you more room. And I think there are ways, like, to create these situations where don't settle for jumpers. Like AD at 40, but once again, like – he was settling for like mid-range jumpers. He was knocking them down. I think there are ways you can attack the joker at the rim and put him in situations where he gets in foul trouble. Can we flip it now? Because we're talking about what the Lakers do defensively to slow down the Nuggets, right? But the Lakers outplayed the Nuggets in the second half of that game by quite a bit, by the way. Quite a bit. And so the, let me flip it around, Jay. What do the Nuggets have to do? Is there any answer they do have defensively for what LeBron found, as you mentioned before, switching on to Jamal Murray and backing him down? And what AD, like, do, do they have an answer for what LeBron and AD did to them in the second half of the game? Yes. 
What is it? I just told you. <laughs> this is the Defense. listening, hearing thing. Yes. Defensive. This is the yep. listening, yes. hearing thing. This is our listening <laughs> session, Max. Let's go we into just it. Ended on, mm. We just ended on mm. the Lakers. Oh, mm. oh, God. But before that, I said that Jamal Murray on ball screens. You did. A hedge. Yes, you did. And get back. Right. So you can't yeah, take yeah, care yeah, of the mismatch. Yeah. You did say yeah, that. See, yeah. I knew it. I knew it. It's a, it's you, that ended, you don't listen. I knew it. It's that you I ended, just confirmed that, it in real time. It's that you ended with the uh, with the uh, <laughs> with the Nuggets. <laughs> yes. That's not a listening issue. That's a that's a memory issue. <laughs> because when you said that, it went back and hit rewind in my brain. <laughs> oh yeah, he did say. That. I can't remember what I talked about yesterday. But yeah, I think things like that. I also think how they play, um, like the the how they use Jeff Green. Like the Aaron Gordon thing is interesting, right? Because mm-hmm. when Aaron Gordon doesn't knock down his shots from the outside, it allows you to shrink the court. So I think mm-hmm. you'll see you know, how how does Mike Malone blend that Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, because when you have Aaron Gordon, that's a great defender on LeBron James. Something it, else that Dre was talking about, but Jeff Green can hit that corner three and it, it changes It takes away things, a little yeah. bit of the, the shot-making ability, even though Aaron Gordon has shot the ball better this year than years prior, but you can shrink the court defensively, which doesn't allow Jokic to have that much room to operate when he tries to bang Rui down, right? It allows AD. Now, when you play Jeff Green, you keep AD. You can't really – you keep AD you know, honest because now, son, he can't just sag and help because you have a quick you know, skip pass over the top by Jokic. So seeing how Mike Malone, Michael Malone, excuse me, he doesn't like to be called Mike, Michael Malone plays with those lineups is going to be fascinating I, tonight. The, the one thing about Aaron Gordon I'll say is I think he shoots it a little better than people realize, and he did not have a very good offense. He was the like, one guy on Denver who didn't have a good offensive game in game one, and to overreact, right? Oh, well, the spacing is different. If you have Jeff Green, it allows you to do different things. And now you take Aaron Gordon's defense finishing ability at the rim. And by the way, yeah, his ability to hit shots sometimes, that might actually weaken you if you overreact to what you saw in game one with Aaron Gordon. But, you know, time will tell. All right, 888-SAY-ESPN. Yes, Key? Jay, could, could we use Lonnie Walker at all, or should we just wait to game three? Because he's a role player on the road. No, you use Lonnie Walker in, in game one. No, but I mean, you like really give him, like, let utilize him. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think Lonnie is a guy that can give you spurt scoring. Mm-hmm. I, when, when you get, uh, sometimes with those ball screens, like I would run ball screens towards Lonnie's side. Like the same with Austin Reeves, right? And D'Lo. They all have the same ability. But I, I think, Kia, a lot of times, you, like I would look for LeBron James to be a screener tonight. Like, like ball screens with LeBron James to get the matchups that he wants, right? Because how are you going to guard that? Like, it's one of those things, like, you know, a lot of people don't – like, we haven't seen because LeBron – we think of LeBron as the primary ball handler. But sometimes having AD as a spacer on the opposite side and having LeBron as a screener, that's a real luxury that I haven't seen the Lakers play a lot with yet. Because he is, like he – he has the IQ where he can understand how to roll – how to get the, the mismatch. If they're switching, read it. If it's a hard hedge, he can read it. And you can have D'Lo and those guys make plays off. And I think Lonnie Walker can be utilized that way as well. See if that's the reality of the nature no, later go. on tonight. Your calls plus. Has AD changed the reality of the nature that he's destined to struggle in game two? 888-SAY-ESPN, KJM. What's the reality of the nature, man? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. KJM is brought to you by Beacon. Beacon and Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere 24-7. Oh, yeah. Beacon always building. The question heading yeah. into this segment. Shots key. Has Anthony Davis changed the reality? Apples. Has yes. Anthony Davis changed the reality of the nature that he's destined to struggle in game two? What was the question? Key and I are vibing. It's just the reality of the nature. Reality of nature. So it makes me want to do my John Morant. Can I say that? Nope. I think he just Man, did. Mike in Cleveland. Uh-oh. You're on KJM ESPN Radio. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Well, Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Good. Can we you are doing. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah, you. Yeah, we got you, man. Okay, I got you. My fault. You got the best show in the morning. Okay. Um, say that again. Question. I didn't hear you, man. I couldn't hear you. What'd you say? Y'all the best show ever. Oh, okay. <laughs> you right, know, right. so. Um, yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Of course, that's obvious. Now okay, we can say, say Good question. morning, Mike in Cleveland. Now that he said that. Go ahead. Okay, because this is my question. I was watching the Lakers last series, and y'all was giving me this. Up and down chart, Anthony Davis. EKG. Okay, he put up forty. Yes. He, he put up forty points last game, and the way y'all talking is like y'all expecting at least the same for Anthony Davis tonight. So I think he do for a bad game. I think the Lakers in trouble tonight, and I, I, I'm a LeBron fan, but I think they in trouble tonight. Does but EKG? Does EKG? AD still exists. He was up and down, up and down, up and down all series, but then all playoffs, really. But then recently, that hasn't been the case as much. But you're saying he's due to go back down. Mike look at, look at the spike, though. Yeah, yeah, but I don't understand why he was down in game six. Well, what was he had 20 boards, 17 points. How was that down? I think we're looking at scoring here. Yeah, but maybe, maybe, maybe the yeah, points in the postseason. So, yeah. okay. I don't. I don't think that that's fair to him. In other words, it doesn't represent his total game just because the points were off a basket or two or three when he's doing other things defensively and on the boards. But see, like there, there. Here is my problem watching the game, and and, and people take, people get so sensitive around this. You can have a great offensive night and not have a good defensive night. That's right. So like AD had forty and ten. I was like, well, yeah, and they would not have been in a game without AD. But there were a lot of defensive possessions. Where if you go back and if you watch the tape of the game, we're like, all right, AD, I need you to get in the frame. I need you to get down the floor. Jokic is beating you down the floor. Okay, AD, I need you to dominate the glass. Are we asking a lot of Anthony Davis? You're damn right we are because what we're establishing is that LeBron James is being saved for the biggest moments, 
Now, Max, I know you make a compelling case that he is still one of the best players in the game of basketball, not the best, which I agree with. But you need AD is the engine. So a lot of these little things as it relates to this matchup against Jokic, you need him to dominate see, the glass. The, prob- the problem with your explanation, though, Jay, is you know too much basketball. Yes. And, and you got to remember the people that are making these complaints, you you so much further along, sophisticated, and it's just a different level. So when they look at the box scores, they think, oh, great game. They're not looking at him lagging and Jokic beating him up and down the floor. They're not looking at that. They're just looking at the box score in the dunks or three that he makes, or a turnaround. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at the fact that the dude just uh, uh, spin off his body and two-hand dunk getting off the ground is high. They're not looking at that. Yeah. So so there's a, uh, a professional gambler who's worked in front offices now who's well-known because a piece was done on the fact that he became a millionaire um, by betting the Lakers, Kobe Shaq Lakers years ago, named Bob Volgaris, who reacted to a list I did of the best players remaining in the playoffs and then gave his list, and he's – deep into analytics, right? That's about how he was able to make a living gambling. Um, and his list is for the playoffs is Jokic 1, AD 2. He tweeted this out. That's how I know and, and added me. Big gap and then Tatum, LeBron, Jimmy. So, so according to someone who is deep into the analytics, who, whose kind of livelihood necessitated that he actually know these things, has Jokic and AD as the two best players left in the playoffs and then a gap between them and everybody else. Like, that matchup, like, the way, the way AD plays against Jokic is, or, and it's not always going to be. In fact, it'll probably be less against Jokic. But as you say, Jay, are you in the frame yet? Because Jokic is in the frame. Well, that's what I said before the game, though, Key. When we were talking, when we were giving our preview, they're like, well, all right, how do you see this matchup? And I was like, all right, realistically, the way my brain sees it is, I don't mind AD getting a small dose of Jokic. But I don't want AD guarding Jokic throughout the course of the game. Like, I want to throw a series of bodies at Jokic, and I think AD is better when you can hide him on a guy like Aaron Gordon and force Michael Malone to make adjustments, right, with who that play is. that going to be more of a Jeff Green, which gives you an advantage on the defensive end because now Jeff Green is trying to guard the likes of LeBron James, right? So, like, are you forcing Michael Malone's hand and, by the way, you have Anthony Davis that can play a free safety, which just Jokic trying to back down Rui or trying to back down LeBron, seeing AD with that wingspan kind of hovering in the middle of the paint, his ability to block shots, that makes Jokic think. And the more you can make Jokic think and not react, that causes their offense to stifle. You saw it. It was, it was startling when they put Rui on, on Jokic. And now it, just the knowledge that AD is lurking completely changed the offense. And completely AD doesn't have to get – he doesn't worry about banging his body down. You can save a lot of his energy for blocking shots, running the floor, getting points in transition. And, by the way, that activates LeBron James. But, Jay, is there anything the Lakers can do to slow down the Nuggets offense? <laughs> Josh <laughs> in the Bronx, you're on KJM ESPN Radio. What's up with the best morning show again? What's good with you guys, man? I'm calling back because uh, I want Key to know that I'm not mad at the Lakers and LeBron is my favorite player, even though I'm a Miami Heat fan. Uh. Um, you know, I want I want LeBron to win his fifth. We already seen LeBron be the best statistical player in the league, and I heard what you said, Max, about the uh, the analytics for 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 Jokic and and, um, and AD. But LeBron, literally, we've seen him be the best player in the world. And they've changed the rules, you know, where they have the playing tournament because he exploited the regular season 
and you had the supposed best player in the world go to a 72 and 10 team to beat him. So, you know, I've, I've seen LeBron deserve to win at least seven championships at this point. And I need, you know, I need the, 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 the Lakers to be more like the spirit of that bubble team. We know that they don't have the White Howard, JaVel McGee, and those guys. But the guards that Rob Palenka put, put together on this team, they need to step up. You know, they, they, they have a responsibility to play like it's their last shot. And that, you know, that goes for guys like D'Lo. That goes for guys like Mike Beasley. That goes for guys like like Austin Reeves, who always shows up. Even when he can't hit a shot, he's showing up defensively. You yeah. know, Dennis Schroeder, you know, those guys, you know, he plays great defense, and we're going to see more of him. But I'm so proud of guys like uh, Rui Hachimura because he's making the best of his moment. That's what so, I need to see from so Josh, the other guys. So, Josh, help me out here, man, because I'm a little confused. You're from the Bronx. You root for the Miami Heat, but you want LeBron James to win a championship while the Miami Heat is in the Eastern Conference Final. I'm my brain. I don't understand that. Are you like Jay? Do you have family all over the country? I I don't understand. No, I grew up. So I grew up in the Bronx. I'm born and raised. I grew up on Leland Avenue. So, so listen to this. Like when when the Knicks were when I was a kid. I'm from '84, right? That's my 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 era from the '80s. When the Knicks were 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 good in the '90s against Jordan. I didn't see anybody who played with a New York game. There were no guards on the Knicks at that time who had an attractive game. I hated the colors of the team, first of all. And then all right, you right, had this listen, Josh, 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 this is a, I get it. We get it. We can get into your life's history Josh, another Josh, time. But we get it. Thing. You keep being you, Josh. Hello, man. No, no. Keep being Josh, you, Josh. You I like Josh. I'm saying. Want, I just, you know, we, we, you know, it's... We're getting into the colors of the was, Knicks uniform yeah, and the New York the game and the point guards. Taking a trip down memory from, lane. Yeah. It's coming from the guy who abandoned his team, the New York, York Knicks, Key. The guy who abandoned dude, his team, the New York yeah, Knicks, and now he's, now he's on your team, Key. On the, no, he ain't on my team. I am the mayor of Lakers. I don't give a damn what. I will allow Key. I will allow you to continue to root for the Lakers. Max can walk down the street in L.A. into the Staples Center. And people would think Max is just another guy. Oh, he oh ain't no that Laker is where fan. you are mistaken. Yeah, man, please stop. That is where you are sadly mistaken. Man, now, stop it. And Nick fan turn like you're worse than Josh. Never mind that. Let's let's let's. I have a good yeah, idea. Let's change the subject. <laughs> How confident are Lakers fans going into Game Two? Eight eight eight. Say ESPN. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max podcast. Whenever you hear any reference to the notorious B.I.G. You know, we got our own version. That's Dean right. Wood, ESPN NFL analyst, Super Bowl champ. What's going on, baby? What's what's the word? Yo, word up. You got the best intro music out of I do. I really show. do. I, who, whoever, put the, whoever put these together when I come on, shout out, man. That's, Much love yo, to plus, you. Plus, look at That's, D. Wood fresh, freshly dipped like for the summer, right? Jay, like yeah. the weather's getting warm. He got the... We're going up to Fordham Road after this. We're, 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 going, we're going up to – I mean, look at him. He's, he's just – you, you fresh to death, Max? Hell. Yeah, well, same, it's the same idea. Yeah, yeah, like, let's yeah, come on. Yeah. Let's get ready for the warm weather. All right. So, don't you, uh, don't you have to – you don't look my clothes up and down. Well, you gave me a quick. You weren't. <laughs> you gave, I was going to say something about Jan. I'm like, quick up and down. Look no, like, wrong he looked at you, and then, and then, he, and then it was just a, and then it was just a pause. pause. Uh, I wanted like, to say something fresh. nice, and then I was I'm like, going to say you're fresh. Not, either. You know, not. It's just a different vibe. It's just okay. a different vibe. I'm more yeah. corporate today. Yes, yes, yeah. for sure. Um, hey, we've been talking about the Lakers uh, a lot mm. this morning. I know you're a Lakers fan, T. Wood. Yeah. How are you feeling about that showing after that, you know, it's almost stormed back to win down 25 in the third on the road. Let, let me tell you, man, I w- watched that whole game, and I came away feeling even more optimistic after the game. Mm. Um, because, let's face it, man, Denver, they were throwing the ball into the ocean. Like, literally, they could not miss I mean, Jokic had a performance for the ages in that game. That triple-double was a performance for the ages. Um, well, all he almost the, had one in the first half. He had 19. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it, it was just like the, like the first half was just was just bananas. And, and you know, I, I got to give credit to, to Darvin Ham for making some in-game adjustments um, because to me that's what sports are about, right? Like in-game adjustment things you can do to kind of start neutralizing people when they're going crazy. I know everyone's talking about Rui, but I just look at this thing like this. The Lakers' defense overall since the trade has been elite. And I don't see Denver going bananas like that again, like they went in game one. I think the only question I have as it relates to the Lakers, will Anthony Davis show up again like he showed up in game one? Because we know he can be consistent. One game, he's looking like a top five player in the league. Then the next game... He might not show up. That's really my only concern. Other than that, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good going into the game, too, that we steal this game and go back to L.A. 1-1, Lakers in six. So you think the EKGAD thing is still potentially a thing? It's up funny and down, how like a heartbeat. Look at that. Yeah, right? Like we got yeah. it up here on yeah. ESPN, too. Yeah. It, it was a real thing. Now, for the last three, four games, he's been more consistent. But you're still afraid of I'm him still, reverting I, back. I'm still, yeah, I'm still on edge of him reverting back somehow, some way, or something happening in the game as far as an injury. You just like with AD, you just never know. But it's been really encouraging to see, like over the past few games, he's been like matching what the expect what people expect out of AD. 
Yeah, it, and then the question is, is that going to be enough? Because I'm with you, D-Wood. Second half, when you're down 25 in the third quarter, and this dude Jokic is having a game that Wilbon's trying to describe it at halftime. He's like, it's like Bill Walton meets something. Like, you, you can't even really find the words. And then almost every role player and your other stars are all performing, and you're up 25 at home as the one seed facing the, facing the what was it, the uh, eighth seven, seed? Seven, seven seed, seven, seven seed. seed. Facing, right, facing the seven seed. You're, the fact that they almost won that game is bananas, but... If you lose game two, you're in a deep hole. Yeah, like I think the Lakers need to win. They 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 got to come out with with the with the type of intensity that we got to like this a must win game. I know I've heard some people say game three will be a must win, but I'm looking at the Lakers with the variables that I talked about with AD. You know, LeBron is older. I think we have to win game two, steal one on the road, go back to LA. With momentum in our in our building. See, here's why yeah. I say something. You know, the thing is, Wood is is if they mm-hmm. drop two tonight, that's okay because we got two at home. If you look at the series of Phoenix, they they took care of business in Denver when they went to Phoenix. Phoenix got two on them. The Lakers can even the score. One thing that you got to take into consideration: they're going home in Game Three and Four. The crowd will be crazy. They put they're undefeated this postseason at home. That's a major, major factor. Role players, as Jay has astutely said, not just out of thin air, but knows this from personal experience, role players don't play well on the road. They play much more, they play much better at home. So if we were for some reason not to steal this one tonight, I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm like, okay. See, I got you at home. The only concern about that, D Wood, though, and and here's why I'm starting to trend towards it being a must win. If LeBron James and AD have this must-win mentality into this game, that helps them start the game better. Like, and the one thing you saw in the first quarter is they didn't match the energy level right. of the Denver Nuggets, right? They got right. blitzed. Right. So, for me, like, that energy level needs to be high. And now it's just not – It's people go back to last series, kid, the point – like, and it's a valid point because they came back home and defended home court. But now you start looking at the usage rate of LeBron and AD, and that accumulates over time. Now you're talking about another series in on top of what they just went through last series and the first round and the play-in, all that. Right, and see, like, the thing I worry about is now, like, they got rest coming into this series, but every game is every other night now. So when you're talking about AD and LeBron playing, you know, their usage rate is high. Over time, those guys might get worn down. Yeah, no time to rest now, though. Right, there's no time to rest. Denver's a deep team. Hey, did you have – we were talking about it the other day, and, uh, you know, it's funny because whenever I watch games from my couch, I never have a problem in the altitude. You know, that never affected me watching the game from my couch. But Jay says it affected him. Key says not so much. He doesn't remember any altitude affecting him. What about you? No, it's real. <laughs> I ain't even <laughs> like, hey, for a big fellow, you know, when we got this, this <laughs> insulation and you th- breathing in that thin You're air. You're built for the cold weather yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know – you, 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 you know when you're trying to when you're trying to breathe in that high altitude, your lungs feel like they're on fire. Yeah, That's just man. real. I'm like like when I was with the Patriots, man. Like we always had problems going playing in Denver, and and Bill and Coach Belichick used to always be like, "It's no big deal. It's no big deal." He's not playing, man. Look, <laughs> look, you got the headset on, bro. Like you're not out here <laughs> running up and down this field in this high altitude. You know, I try to tell Max, yo, we used to do this thing where we would try to during warm ups. Our coach would be like, yo, look, 
try to exhaust yourself in warm-ups. Like, why? He's like, you got to get to your set. The sooner, if you can start the game with your second wind, you'll be better off. Yeah. Instead of trying to find your second win in the game. Yeah. Especially if you're in a playoff game because you get – like, they're used to that. That's how they – there's a major advantage. Why do you think all U.S. teams train in Colorado? Like, there's an advantage to what that does to your lungs and what that does to your conditioning. So, what happened when they were bad, though, Jay? <laughs> didn't matter, Key. It didn't matter if they got to the when third, the fourth, fifth The Nuggets and the Broncos and the Rockies were all bad. It had nothing to do with the altitude. All I have to say to all you athletes is get in better shape, again, from the comfort of my couch with the air conditioning on and I'm watching the game. It doesn't matter if, if I'm watching it and the game is from Colorado or from L.A. or from wherever. I feel exactly the same. Well, we had, we had, we had Marcus Camby on the other day. He brought up the point. I forgot about this. Literally on the Jumbotron, Right, they they have all this stuff about uh, altitude sickness. Yeah, like and they're, they're like I remember looking at it now as a player, you're like, oh, if you get wheezy, and they start planning all these seeds in your head that you already feel. Be like, hold on, mm-hmm. I feel like should I consult the doctor? Like it just that's it for people who just go game. to Denver. That's yeah. not even for people who play sport. That's just it's people crazy, who go man. to Denver. They'd be like, hold on, I got to get used to this. <laughs> right, like it's nuts. By the way, heat culture is real. Eric Spoelstra. Heat culture. Culture. Heat yeah. culture. Heat he coach is real, too, but yeah, heat, heat culture yeah. is real, yeah. Heat culture is real. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But who, you know why? You know why that's that, not? Who's that in the NFL? Who epitomizes the heat culture in the NFL? Don't say I was, I was literally, when I was in a production meeting for Get Up for the show this morning, I referenced, like, New England, like, the early, early days when – we weren't the most talented team. Like a lot of guy, a lot of teams we played, they were more talented. But because of our coaching, our culture, we overcame that. Mm. And it just seems that way with the Miami Heat. How many undrafted guys that they seven. have? Seven. Think about it. Seven undrafted players on the Miami Heat team. What is that really, Dave D. Wood? Let's face it. You're a Lakers fan. The Heat are Lakers Southeast. It's Pat Riley who went to the Knicks and with John Starks as his second best player came a shot away from winning the championship in a game six on the road, right? right. Pat Riley, who had him right there, goes down to Miami and they've been a powerhouse ever since. And he got his guy, Eric Spolstra, who as Jay says, probably the best coach in the game, and they do more with less and they're unbelievable. You know why culture matters? If you look at what, look at all these coaches getting fired right now, but then look at Eric Spolstra down in Miami. Greg Popovich down in, in San, like they, those places have a, a a culture expectation, and that's why like those guys are like untouchable mm-hmm. because the environment that they've built in those organizations. Definitely, mm-hmm. Damian Woody, ladies and gentlemen, notorious. Yeah, try this one. Are there unfair? Are we in the media placing unfair expectations on Victor Wembayama, the number one? Clearly, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Are we in the media? Placing unfair expectations on the phenom, Victor Wembayama, who is the presumptive number one pick in the upcoming NBA draft. He's going right to Popovich in the Spurs, who won the draft lottery. The reason we're asking this now here on KJM ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, the reason is because Chris Broussard said the following. He said if Wemby is AD, KD, or Hakeem, that's a disappointment. I expect him to be one of the best players ever to have a career like LeBron, Jordan, Duncan, Shaq, or Kareem. Wait a minute. Hold on, though. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. He's count- well, There's some ring counting going dumb. on here. I'm not going I'm not I'll gonna say, say it's dumb. dumb. But wait, hold on. Hold on I'll Jay. say it's dumb. Go ahead. Hold Ken. on. You think some people on the first list are as good as people on the second list, right? But uh, he said one of the greatest players ever, Hakeem uh, Olajuwon and KD, are not some of the greatest players ever. I think I he's know, talking I about just, the number of championships here. Kevin you look. Durant, okay, so Kevin Durant, Durant is a got disappointment. Some, like what? Like, um, two finals MVPs. Let's not get caught up in that yet. Can what do you mean? Get, let's not get caught. That's I, the first thing I'm going to get caught up in. I want to make the case, and I want I want to make there the case. Is no case you to agree make. with it? You you get ready to sound you getting ready to sound crazy too, Max. I don't no, want to call you the name I'm I just gonna, called. I'm going to make the case. I'm going to make the case for it. First of all, he's counting rings. I might also not have the exact list he has, but I want to I want to or rather, let me give you an explanation that jibes with what Chris Broussard said. Who are the most hyped prospects in the history of basketball? There are two of them who have been hyped more than anyone else. And you can agree or disagree. You tell me. Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? That's one. And the next guy hyped like that in his day, of course, there's more and more media, but in his day was LeBron James. Would you agree with that? Two most hyped guys entering the league, Jay? Okay. Right? Key? Key? Two most hyped guys? I, I, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Kobe, Kobe was pretty hyped. I mean, I, I, no, I, Kobe it, went, didn't go first in the draft even. Yeah, he but, was not hyped like those guys. But I, okay. Not, he was I, not. I, Jay. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying Jay. to tell you within NBA circles and the way GMs are Jay. talking about Kobe. We're talking about media hype. Oh, okay. You didn't specify. Media. You just well, said hype. But, but, Jay. Jay, go media ahead. hype. We're talking okay. about. Okay, all right. So, so those two guys were the most hyped. And what's incredible about what they did is that they both – somehow exceeded expectations? How can you come in with the most hype ever and also wind up exceeding expectations? But I think you can say that about Kareem. He came in with all that hype, and by the time he was done at that point in time, he's probably the greatest player who ever lived. He's six championships, scoring the whole thing. Same thing with LeBron. He came in with all that hype, and he's on the Mount Rushmore and, and beat Kareem's scoring title and has four chips and might be working on a fifth already and is in year 20 doing this. He, somehow he exceeded the hype. So when Bayama comes in as the third most hyped guy ever. Now, who, who else was hyped to the extent, not quite like Kareem and LeBron, but a lot? Shaq. If anything, I think Shaq is looked at like he could have done a little more. 
The point is, when you come in with that level of hype, now the expectation is, not only do you need to match it, you need to exceed it. So the, it's a crippling expectation on Wembayama. And when he points to AD, KD, or Hakeem, when Broussard does, I think he's saying AD has a chip, KD has two, Hakeem has two, Right. That's not what we're talking about for Wembayama. We're talking about not just that you're all NBA or all world. We're talking about you need to go down in the argument as the greatest player who ever lived, as Kareem and LeBron did. That's what I think he's saying. That's how much hype there is on Wembayama. I rest my case. I think it's dumb. I think this is what makes me think sometimes the media is whack as hell, man. Because it's like I'm not the one manufacturing the hype. I'm not the one saying I'm going to be one of the greatest. I have intention. I have drive to be that. But now I'm going to, if I win NBA, if I win two finals MVPs or two championships, my career is a disappointment. You can get the hell out of here with that. You know, these are people who don't win championships say things like this. No, people that don't play a sport and don't know how to play a sport. I'll say it that way, Jay. You can say it that way, Key. That's why I just, I, I think people like, you have no idea how hard it is to win a championship. He's the best player in college basketball, and I could have the- lost a championship. So if I lose a championship, all of a sudden, like I, it's disappointing to me, but I'm not going to be one of the best players in college basketball because I lost a championship. I don't think Broussard is talking about but, fairness. But, but no, he's saying disappointing, Max. You're saying somebody's career is disappointing if they're not considered to be one of the greatest to ever do it. Do you know how hard that is? Of course, that's what he's saying. But he's it's damn, not a disappointment. He's, 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 he's matching. He's saying that. this is the level of the hype. It's, it's manufactured but it's hype manufactured by him. manufactured hype. He's not by coming him. in saying that. That's people like Broussard and you, Max, that's doing that. But I think you guys the are caught up in whether it's that. fair. No, no one's saying it's caught, fair. I'm not caught up in nothing. Well, because I'm you're saying in the end he, he could be a great player. It's unfair to say he's disappointed. How did he disappoint? I don't think Chris Broussard is making the argument that it's the right thing or the fair thing. I think he's talking about the reality of the way or, or the way it will be perceived is that when you come in well, well, at that level it, of hype, you're supposed to be in the argument when all is said and done, not as, well, hey, he's a top 10 player. You're supposed to be in the not. argument for greatest player ever. I just That's don't care how things are no, perceived. I care about how they are. Perception yeah. is different than what something really is. So oh, you're living man. in a world of how things are going to be perceived. Yes. I'm living in a world of what it really is for me. Okay, but he again, Broussard's not talking. You're talking about two different things in that. You're case, talking about a kid. Like, you're talking about a kid that can't control where he gets drafted. Number one, what the front office looks like, what place. the players around him look like. Come on, man. But he got drafted to the circumstances. Spurs, like it turns out. That's just separate clicks, man. That's separate clicks, Max. Circumstances are part of this, man. You got to know that. He went, he's going to the Spurs and Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich. Never mind, man. I, get, get, get the commercial. I'm, I'm not going to carry this over. I think it's a fair point. The, the other two guys hyped in their day like this, and they were hyped, hyped even more than this, I believe, exceed, are in the argument for greatest player ever. And that's what he's saying. When you're this hyped, the expectation among fans and media is that you're in the argument when it's all said and done for greatest player ever. Are the Celtics in trouble? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.